hello, and welcome back to another episode of Search, Ponder, and Pray. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend and had a great time enjoying uh, the Sabbath. Um, this week is going to be very different from last week. Uh, well, different and the same, I guess, uh, which makes no sense. It's going to be different in the sense that we only have two chapters that we need to get through this week, but the same in the fact that the topics are going to be very um, somber, very heavy, um, very sacred, I guess is probably the best word to use. But I look forward to studying it with you. Um, So before we get going too much further, though, let us, as always, start off with a word of prayer. I will go ahead and say that. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank Thee so very much for this wonderful day. We thank Thee for the opportunities that Thou gives to us to study out Thy Word and to come closer to Thee. We thank Thee, Father, for Thy patience and Thy forgiveness that Thou dost extend to us on our part. We thank Thee, Father, for all that Thou hast done for us. We ask that please continue to forgive us of our sins and help us to become better and stronger and to study out thy gospel in our minds more fully. We pray for these things ever so humbly, Father, in the name of thy Son, even Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so this week we will be, um, the first chapter we're going to be in today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 22. Um, And yeah, like I said, this is a very uh, sacred section of the New Testament for for sure. All of it all of it is sacred because it all of it is the life of Christ and we should remember that we should remember to treat it with reverence. Um that is necessary. That it, that it is due. Um I hope that we will. But let's jump into Luke chapter 22. All right, so we're going to kind of jump back in time from where we were. And last week when we were talking about John, John was already at the Passover supper the Last Supper with Christ. But now we're going to kind of jump back before then and lead up to it again, because it's all different points of view. So in Luke chapter 22, let's start at verse 1. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. I want to talk about the Passover just a little bit. I was thinking about this as I was kind of reading through this today. And the awesome symbolism that is contained here. Uh, the Passover was to be a symbol. If you think about the first Passover, the, pa- the first Passover that happened was with Moses when they were, he was going to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And they took part in the Passover as a way to show their dedication to the Lord and to have the angel of death pass over their homes and the, to pass over their households so that their firstborn wouldn't die. Their firstborn wouldn't have to perish as a sacrifice for their sins. But they would have to put the blood of the lamb on the doors. They would have to have their feet shod, showing that they were ready to leave at a moment's notice. Um, All these different things that they would eat. And in remembrance of their captivity and the freedom that was soon to be upon them. That was what Passover was for. Passover was to show them those things. So now this Passover... That, that Passover with Moses was before 
literal physical freedom was about to be obtained. The next day would be the day that they would be freed from, from Egypt and would be let go. This Passover was the night before, or the night of, the day in which spiritual freedom would be possible to everyone. This last supper with Christ, we'll get into it in a minute, but it holds such great significance, such great spiritual power. And you can feel it as we read. Watch the way, watch it with, listen to the way that the Savior treats the whole endeavor. He's very thoughtful about it. This is his last meal. His last big meal with all of his disciples together, with all of his apostles together. The last one before everything changes. And he knows it. Verse 2. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. So as we talked before, the chief the, the priests and the scribes, they're worried that people are going to start revolting. They're going to lose power. They have to take him out. They have to get rid of Jesus of, of Nazareth. So then, in verse 3, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and, com- and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and covenanted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him. To betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. So the plan is set. The plan is set into motion. I will find a perfect time when we can catch Christ away from the people. And you can come capture him. And you will give me money. The idea of money at that that moment almost makes me almost makes me ill to think of the greed, the pride that must have been so instilled in the heart of the man at that moment to be willing to go that far, as Luke says. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot. Greatest of all evils. Verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go, and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, When ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto him, Good man of the house, the master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. And they went, and found as as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, He sat down and the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled 
in the kingdom of God. He knew it was coming. He knew what pains and trials and tortures that he would have to bear. The sorrow of all mankind would be upon him. Him alone. He knew that was what was coming. But he was willing to do it. Because before him sat his friends. And in his mind and heart he carried all the faces of all of us. And he sat with his friends that one last time, knowing full well that one of them was going to betray him. But he said, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I shall suffer. Verse 17, and he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the vine or the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. The Passover was a time to think about your bondage. They ate the bitter herbs to think about the affliction that they had endured. They ate the flatbread to symbolize that they didn't have time to let their bread rise, that they needed to eat the flatbread, they needed to have it ready to go, so that, because on the morrow they would need to go. They were supposed to eat with their feet, with their shoes on, standing, with their staff in their hand, ready to go. At least that was how it was described to Moses. That's how, that's how the children in that day were supposed to do it. Because freedom, the possibility, the chance of freedom was coming. And they were going to take it. Because the lamb was going to be slaughtered. And they were to cook his flesh and partake of it and put the blood on the doors as a sign to show that they were set apart from the world, to show that they had taken upon themselves the traditions and the ways of their God, that they might be spared when the angel of death came to their neighborhood. Do we do the same? We take of the sacrament, and I think tomorrow we'll get into it more. It's, it's a long section. He talks about this do in remembrance of me. He takes the bread and the wine, and he says, no longer are we going to do animal sacrifices. Because I am the sacrifice. I am the great last infinite sacrifice. He knew it was coming and he was willing because of his immense love for each of us. He took these final moments to enjoy dinner with friends 
to teach them, to draw closer to them, to try and show them a way in which they could have peace in the coming days. He knew it was coming and he wasn't concerned about himself. He knew it was coming and he took the time to tell them, Peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, as the world giveth, give I unto you. But peace I give, I leave you. He was concerned about those around him. The Savior loves each of us so much. I pray that we will study these things and prepare ourselves through this week to talk about these things. There are such marvelous, marvelous things that happen beyond what the words can, can, can tell. I plead with you, don't let this week go by without you studying these, these two chapters. There are simply two chapters that they could take a lifetime to study. I testify that as you study these scriptures, you will see the hand and love of God manifested therein. I know this, this today is a little shorter. I want to do justice to the next little few sections because they deserve more time. They deserve full study. I testify that as we push forward and as we study out our Savior's life and as we do our best to draw closer to Him, we will have the fruit, the blessings thereof. I testify of these things and I say them ever so humbly in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.